0: 20 by 14. Reflections on studying architecture abroad. The podcast. Buongiorno a tutti and welcome to the 11th episode of the podcast 20 by 14. Today I am particularly emotionally involved in this moment because the guests are Chris Hardy and Emily Goldenberg. I am moved because they studied abroad with me back in the spring of 2009, so 12 years ago and uh, the reason I thought uh, Emily and Chris is because if I think uh, to uh, to be abroad I think of them because uh, as they will tell us they had a lot of uh, abroad experience after that spring of 2009 and the fact itself that they are here speaking with me 12 uh, years after it means that uh, to be a teacher abroad is uh, is something uh, rewarding I I would say so So uh, Emily and Chris, and Emily and Chris are a couple in life. At the moment, they're speaking one from Ohio and the other one from Rwanda. So even in this Zoom communication, there is a lot of uh, nomadic uh, uh, content. Guys, can you list uh, a little bit your experiences uh, uh, abroad after graduation? Can you tell us about the meaning of this uh, being abroad? For you,
1: yeah, sure. I'm, I'm happy to to start, and I think Chris and I can talk together about our uh, experiences because, as as you said, they they mainly really have been um, intertwined all of our study abroads or experiences abroad, and um, I think that that's been an incredible uh, opportunity. For us, uh, not only as a couple, but also as as architects. And the first real experience uh, was in the spring of 2009, when we studied abroad in Florence as students with Franco, with you. And as you said, that was 12 years ago at this point, which is really unbelievable and feels like it almost was at least at least only five years ago um, and to be in the same space with you now is is also just incredible so I just want to thank you at this time for for the opportunity to speak together but also for continuing our relationship through these years um, but it's yeah so we started in Florence and Chris and I studied abroad together there and you know I think that our I would say our student lives or our educational Lives where we realize the desire and importance of, of wanting to experience something different. We can talk about like what is different, what does that really mean? But I I would say, at least personally, and Chris can speak as well, but that really opened up a an avenue for me and understanding um, the value of varying perspectives and the value of learning from others in not only our personal lives, but also in what we do as architects serving others and and being able to to share or challenge ourselves in that way. And so for me, that also led to a desire um, to not stay put again and study abroad as a student one more time, um, which I was incredibly lucky to do as well in Buenos Aires, Argentina, um, through my uh, educational experience at Roger Williams, too. And and so I think being able to have those two opportunities and compare them against each other and know how different they were, and that that meant there's so much more to learn, um, I think really led me to think about, you know, what would that mean in my professional career? And is there, is there some way I can do that eventually? And I think we can maybe talk about that. I'll, I'll pause there, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it started for me.
2: Yeah. And then we, Emily and I, despite doing a lot of things together, don't do everything together. So I was able, I stayed in I stayed in Rhode Island uh, while Emily was in Buenos Aires, and I did manage to get down for a short visit. But um, you know, was envious of of like her semester there with um, you know a similar group of students to what we went to Italy with, but then you know a very different educational system and very different context and a different kind of like goal of the graduate studio from the undergraduate one we did with you, Franco. Um, and I think you know that that semester in Florence kind of set a a bit of a foundation for I think how Emily and I approached the rest of our educational career, but then also, you know, our professional, our professional goals and the kind of, the kind of work we wanted to do. And I think we spent a few years after, after grad school really figuring out exactly what that meant, but I think that first semester was kind of the impetus for a certain a certain trajectory that we're obviously still figuring out a little bit, but we've managed, we've made a, a few big decisions
0: uh, regarding also. So can you tell us how you ended up in Africa? Yeah.
1: Um you know I think as as I said, I there was always a inkling to continue being abroad, whatever that meant in whatever sense, but also to to do that in a way that aligned with our professional goals and um both Chris and I immediately after Roger Williams we worked at Sasaki together and for several years um and then I transitioned over to Mass Design Group in 2016 and um for me that was a pivotal moment in my career because I really saw in that organization a desire to do similar work that I had that I was was doing studying abroad and I think also was very interested in, in my thesis work studying informal settlements in India and trying to really understand how to embed a sense of um of ownership um in the end users in the actual built work that we do and and so at mass um, you know the work they they were really or we were really born in rwanda and and taking that job i think knew that there was a potential to travel Um, you know i don't think at that moment i knew that there was a potential to live abroad as well and um, I think the opportunity came when the office was growing immensely and it continues to grow today. And um, you know, there was a, an ask for me to move over there and support uh, the office work and some of the large projects and to be able to take some of my learnings from Sasaki and, and other projects there. And, um, and so that's how both of us wound up there. I think in, in that moment, um, having these experiences studying abroad, one with Chris and then one without, uh, realizing that you know I I did not want to have that experience without um, him as well, and I think that's you know the moment where we where you know we we asked mass for both of us to go over and. Um, just so happens that Chris is a very talented architect as well, and so could bring, <laughs> bring those skill sets um, that he has to to Rwanda.
2: Just reiterate, I barreled into uh, another another decision behind Emily on her coattails, um, but it was a pretty easy decision to make. I think both of us aligned on like, what we wanted out of our career and and the the. Uh, kind of the kind of learning that we can have and the experience that you have from being abroad, um, you know, is a pretty, is a pretty big component of, of that becoming kind of what we wanted, even if we were maybe not super intentional about it at the beginning of our career. I think both of us knew that this was the right, right decision. Um, Basically, as soon as it was proposed, um, looking forward to, you know, a new context and new experiences and, you know, learning learning how to do things differently.
0: Thank you for sharing with us these uh, informations. How do you felt the first time you back in New England after your stay in, uh, in Africa? Did you feel abroad again, Emily? And Chris, when you go back home? Yeah. Yes.
1: I... I mean I think it's it's a, it's a really relevant question for me right now. Um and the answer is yes, I did. Everything felt uncomfortable again even though it was familiar, right? There was a familiarity obviously for me of, of growing course, yes. growing up here and and I could start to smell things that smelled familiar but different. And and I'm sure that's something that a lot of people go through but um I think particularly in this time when you know, traveling during a pandemic and, and trying to, to figure out what that even means. It felt, um, I felt abroad and I think my senses were heightened because Perfect. of that. Just
0: Perfect. Where is your background? Is it? Boston. Boston. What about Emily?
1: Uh, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia.
0: Pennsylvania. So uh, what did your parents say when you, when you said we go to Rwanda? Oh,
2: my mother was literally speechless <laughs> she um she was like very 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 nervous um and i think you know what we what we knew then and, like have reiterated since then is that it's actually this it's like amazing amazing place that um you know has so much to offer and you know uh, there's a very very certain perception of of rwanda and, and east africa in the minds of people in the u.s that's just like Waiting to be blown open, and we've Emily and I have done our best to be, you know, these uh, rabble rousers or something. Every time yeah. someone, <laughs> brings up, br- someone brings up someone brings up Africa in a in an uninformed context. Um, Great, mm-hmm. but I think it
1: was it was generally I think just very surprised and and shocked, at least on my end, but but also understanding and and trying to to piece together why it was important for me to do it and support it in
0: that way yes I mean your contribution made me think something I keep uh, repeating to my students and you know that when you are abroad you work in groups and sometimes it's very difficult to convince uh, American people that are somehow involved with creativity they can share their ideas And uh, when you are third year, sometimes it's really hard to convince people that uh, to work in group is important, but your contribution made me think how important it is because when you're alone, if you're good, you can produce for one. When you are in two, you can produce for three, but when you are in group, you can, you can have an incredible uh, strength and this is so hard to, to convince the students because they believe that creativity is something that you can't communicate to others and architects are only cool and they can't speak to others because uh, creativity doesn't have any uh, support. Mm-hmm. Solidarity and uh, togetherness is uh, so important to creativity and to design. One last thing because I know Chris has to go and and to be less serious because we have been really pretty serious. I mean your career has been pretty serious, but you know it's always good to add uh, a small smile to things and we spoke of uh, Firenze, we spoke of uh, Argentina, Buenos Aires, we spoke of uh, uh, Rwanda. Can you share with me a couple of funny episodes? I call them uh, unexpected formative misunderstandings dealing with <laughs> beer abroad that uh, remained in sp- impressed in your background and maybe gave you discomfort at first and now you're thankful for that discomfort. I don't know. I'm,
2: I've made so many mistakes having living here in Rwanda that I'm, it's tough for me to like pin down pinned on a single one. Um, the like language is something that I think I often end up, end up scratching my head afterwards. And like, Hey, how did we, how did we miscommunicate so often? Um,
0: or so, or so severely. Um, Emily, do you have something that comes handy?
1: <laughs> I, I thought about this one for a while, Franco. And, and I, it was scratching my head about this and, and I, I guess it for for me it was more I mine's not funny, so I'm sorry to disappoint as well, but mine was more just Rwanda and Africa is what specifically to my recent experience is is what everyone knew of many years ago when they learned. and i I often just we often come upon conversations where we often have to just say like life is is that is pretty normal as it would be living elsewhere. and there are just things that we do that anyone would do um, that is is a typical situation in, that you would have in the US. And I, I think that that is my main takeaway. And I'm not sure that I, I have the best funny anecdote <laughs> for you at the moment, Franco. Yeah. So maybe if you keep pushing me, I'll, I'll come up with something. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I got asked to, I got uh, designed a project in Cambodia. And uh, I got asked to wear Crocs for a meeting. Oh. Um, which was uh, you know me and the design team all all uh, dress very sharply to present and uh, you know then these big bright pink crocs um, laid out at the beginning of the meeting room so I don't know that's the thing that's come to my head now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is nice but you know because uh, I often exchange moments and uh, lately young students are so afraid of discomfort, of anxiety, of being uh, not appropriate to the moment, and they can try to skip these moments continuously while I keep telling them, guys, this is what makes an experience abroad uh, special. Maybe you feel uncomfortable now for five seconds, but you would be comfortable for the rest of your life. So leave it to the fullest. But sometimes it's very difficult because as of today, I think anxiety and discomfort is something that is completely misunderstood and uh, overestimated. And that's the reason why I'm asking everyone if they remember episodes of creative misunderstanding which is everywhere. It's in Italy. It's, I remember the first time I lived in a campus in, in U.S. Uh, trying to understand how washing machines were working. They, they told me, you should use quarters, and I didn't know what quarters were. I, th- I thought soap, liquid soap, everything, but I didn't think it was coins. And, and you know, if you don't have urban dictionary, it's you don't find quarters in the dictionary as one <laughs> fourth of a dollar, and it was a. Uh, I it took me three weeks to understand. I need quarters to do my laundry. What does it mean? I I didn't know, and I was not brave enough to ask the question. But anyway. Well, I think you, that makes me think. I so I read a little bit of the
2: of the book uh, in preparation for this. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. There's a section in the chapter that we're talking about now about not doing something a certain way because you always did it that way yeah and i think that's probably the thing emily and i've been reflecting like as we're transitioning from Rwanda to the u.s like that is like a perfect summation of of what we've learned actually is to just question question everything and i yeah quarters so, like, what, how do I do this? What do, exactly? There's so, there's so many examples of that. And, yeah. and, you know, our professional experience and educational one that I think you've, you've kind of like nailed it there, like the big takeaway. So Even th- trying to
1: buy a car or something and realizing that the, the car is not what we expected it to be. I mean, there's a lot of anecdotes and just every day I may... setting up that you reminded me of. So thanks for your example. To
0: <laughs> to I help
1: might... I've got a lot in my head now.
0: <laughs> Imagine, Yeah. So guys, I don't want to steal too much time to your, to your busy agenda. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you for being here as uh, testimonials of uh, my last uh, 20 years of teaching uh, students abroad. Of course, you always have uh, uh, an open invitation for Firenze and Italy. What else? Thank you. Thank you for making me proud continuously. Thank Thank you, you for
2: Yeah, thank you for all that you taught us. And you have uh, an open
0: invitation in
2: Rwanda for the next few months, at least. for the
1: u.s wherever that is but i just want to say thank you for continuing to to push our boundaries because that's really what has led us to where we are so really appreciate it and so good to see you again